With graduation season among us, we've probably been seeing that often quoted scripture from Jeremiah floating around, Jeremiah 29 11, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Used in situations of new beginnings and monumental occasions, this scripture brings hope and the reassurance of guidance to many. With an air of certainty, this verse shows God's guidance, the New King James Version even saying a future and a hope instead of an expected end. But although the Lord does guide our path and desire the best for us, what is this future or expected end being referred to here? Is this verse referring to a successful life? For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord. First of all, the verse mentions the thoughts of God, that they are thoughts of peace. Isaiah 55 verse 9 tells us that the thoughts of God are higher than our thoughts, meaning a greater understanding, even omniscient. God is all-knowing, and His peace passeth all understanding, as mentioned in Philippians 4 7. This peace surpasses our understanding because it's able to penetrate so deep and quell the pains of the very soul. The peace of Christ has the power to guard our minds from deception and even reframe our very thoughts. The latter part of Philippians 4.7 says that this peace shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So with this in mind, let's go back to Jeremiah 29.11. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. In this context, what are the thoughts or wisdom God is expressing here? Well, the preceding verses make it clear that this is during the time when Jerusalem is in Babylonian captivity. Jeremiah is giving counsel to the Israelites who were taken captive into Babylon, telling them to be at peace with their current situation. In fact, God rebukes the false prophets telling the people that he will deliver them very soon. Hearken not to the words of your prophets, he says, that prophesy unto you, saying, Behold, the vessels of the Lord's house shall now shortly be brought again from Babylon, for they prophesy a lie unto you. This rebuke in Jeremiah 27 verse 16 is continued in Jeremiah 29 verse 9, saying, For they prophesy falsely unto you in my name. I have not sent them, saith the Lord. So essentially, in this period of bondage, which God has allowed, there are false prophets spreading false deliverance, encouraging the Israelite captives not to seek peace in their current situation. They are sharing these falsehoods in God's name, saying Jerusalem will be restored shortly. But God clearly disagrees. But how come? Doesn't God want to deliver His people from bondage? Of course, but He gave His people a timeline. God is a God of order. In our key scripture, Jeremiah 29 11, God isn't saying that He's going to immediately snatch His people out of Babylon when He says He has thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. But the answer is in the verse right before. For thus saith the Lord, that after seventy years be accomplished at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word toward you in causing you to return to this place. Seventy years is the designated time God gives for the Jews' captivity. Knowing that the seventy years came to pass, that God's people were delivered from literal captivity is encouraging. And in being physically delivered from bondage, the Jews of the time were assured of the greater deliverance to come, the deliverance from spiritual captivity. In successive prophecies given to Daniel the prophet, namely the 2300 days and 70 weeks prophecy, this promise of spiritual cleansing is revealed. Remembering that a day equals a year in prophecy, based on Numbers 14.34, Daniel 9.24 says, 
Seventy weeks are determined upon thy people and upon thy holy city to finish the transgression and to make an end of sins and to make reconciliation for iniquity and to bring in everlasting righteousness and to seal up the vision and prophecy and to anoint the most holy. End of transgressions, reconciliation for iniquity, everlasting righteousness. This was ultimately the expected end God was referring to in Jeremiah 29.11. This was the hope and the future. In our lives today, we can also claim this expected end to our sinful ways as we claim Jeremiah 29.11, for we know that these prophecies were accomplished, including the promised Messiah, Jesus Christ, His atoning death, resurrection, and ascension into the most holy place of heaven's sanctuary. We can claim this newness of life in Him. Jeremiah 29.11 is not about being removed from our challenges immediately or obtaining successes when we want them, but it is about waiting on God. It's about trusting in His methods and His timing. Jeremiah 29.11 truly shows us the peace and hope that we have in prophecy. Prophecy gives us assurance. 2 Peter 1.19 says, We have also a more sure word of prophecy. What Christ has said, even by the Holy Spirit, will surely come to pass. God's word is one manifestation of his thoughts toward us, and Isaiah 55:11 says, His word shall not return unto him void. In understanding what has been fulfilled in the past, we can rest assured that his word will be fulfilled in the future, even the promises concerning an end of all sin. No more death, no more sorrow, victory over sin. These thoughts, this assurance of present grace and a glorious future will keep our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus.